Hi, welcome back to another episode of Womanhood in the Rough. When it comes to buying food and trying to feed a family, it can be really overwhelming. I grew up in a family that was more mindful of this, and it began when I was about 9 or 10 that we really started the switch. And now with the family, the fun part has been seeing how to feed our family with delicious, nourishing foods that don't break the bank. Did you know that organic produce have 69% higher levels of antioxidants and that 48% lower levels than the toxic metal cadmium? And did you know that when it comes to meats and dairies, that 50% have higher levels of heart-healthy omega-3 fatty acids when they're organic and grass-fed from responsible farms? So first, let's start with the dirty dozen and clean 15. So what is the clean 15? So the clean 15 consists of 15 different fruits and veggies. So avocados, sweet corn, pineapple, onions, papaya, sweet peas, asparagus, honeydew, melon, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, cantaloupe, mangoes, watermelon, sweet potatoes. And these have the least amount of pesticide contamination. So this means that while you want to try to buy organic as much as possible, following the Clean 15 means that you can, you know, if you can't always buy organic, you can buy these as not organic and you will be okay. The Dirty Dozen are kind of a must for always buying organic. And those include strawberries, spinach, kale, uh, which includes collard greens, mustard greens, then nectarines, apples, grapes, bell and hot peppers, cherries, peaches, pears, celery, and last, tomatoes. Okay, so why organic? I already said about the whole pesticides, so more on that. But also organic contains more nutrients. They are only allowed to use naturally derived pesticides. Also, fun fact, organic use natural manure from like cows and such, while other farmers from non-organic farms use sewage sludge. So your poop is going into growing your veggies. Are you disgusted yet? So let's talk a little bit about organic and produce and what that means. So synthetic chemicals or pesticides are allowed in organic farming. There are about 25 synthetics allowed in organic farming. Um, and conventional farming allows around 600. The synthetics that go through rigorous testing by the National Organic Standards Board and prove that they are A, not harmful to human health or the environment, and B, they are necessary for production because no natural or organic version exists, for example, copper. Consistent with organic practices, farmers must show that they've exhausted all of these options before they can use a synthetic. Studies found that washing produce under running water reduces pesticide residue off of 9 out of 12 samples tested. They also found that soaking produce in a vinegar and water solution, 10% concentration for 20 minutes, reduced pesticides from produce by 65 to 85%. So if you can't buy organic, don't have the funds to, that's okay because soaking your produce in vinegar is going to be far better. 
but still, if you can, try and buy organic. So moving on from produce, what about packaged foods? So some things to straight up avoid are seed oils, artificial flavors, food colorings, high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oils, usually anything that you can't pronounce should be avoided. Okay, so let's talk about seed oils. Which oils are those? So basically anything but coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil. Another note is that when you cook, you should use coconut or avocado oil because they have a high smoke point and olive oil has a really low smoke point, therefore will go rancid if cooking at high temperatures. So now that I've told you everything at the store is trying to kill you, make you live in pain, or prevent you from having kids, what can you eat? First, let's start off by making more meals at home from scratch. Less box foods, less conventional cooking. So I have two kids. My oldest is turning two next week. I don't have a ton of energy to cook all of this food. Let me tell you a secret, though. It's really not that hard. We live in a consumer culture where companies convince you it's too much to cook from scratch when you can buy box and package, and it's so much easier. Cooking does not have to be hard. A lot of times I spend maybe 45 minutes on dinner, and a lot of times it's less than that. So here are some of my go-to meals. Hot sandwiches, which is just homemade white bread with some fillings. Um, homemade pizza and salad, breakfast for dinner, which is like eggs, bacon, waffles, all cooked from scratch, uh, white chicken chili taco bowls, gnocchi soup, chicken pot pie, egg fried rice, honey baked chicken. Super easy and doesn't require a ton of ingredients. So what about grocery shopping for a family in this economy? First, sit down the night before you are going to go to the store. Make a meal plan for the week. Make sure that you are planning meals that are big enough for your family size. Make your grocery list based on those recipes. From there, you might need some extra items uh, that, you, that will not be a part of those meals. For example, you may need sandwich material for lunches and different things like that that aren't a part of those meals. From there, you will not go to the store hungry. Uh, this is something that everybody does is we tend to, for some reason, not eat before going to the grocery store. And then we walk down aisles that we need nothing down there, such as the chip aisle. And then we walk home with $70 worth of snacks and that does not help a budget. So try to avoid a ton of snacks. So some things that you could do if you want snacks or need snacks, is get more fruits, nuts, cheeses, cottage cheese is a good one, eggs are a good snack. Also, avoid overly expensive stores. So, what I mean by this is a lot of times when I say, you know, everybody should go buy organic, people immediately start thinking of Whole Foods and stores like that. While Whole Foods may be great for some things, a lot of times stores like this make shopping expensive, especially shopping organic, specifically because they are thinking of a certain group of people and they're targeting that group. So if people go, I want organic food, they're going to go to Whole Foods and Whole Foods is going to mark their prices up 
um, even if they're, you know, selling the same stuff at Walmart, which you can even find the stuff that you need at Walmart and Aldi, some of the cheaper stores. And actually, some of the cheaper options out there are actually a lot cheaper than the big brands that have crap in their products. So, kind of veering off from that, things to start considering doing in this economy to not only help your family, but also your budget. So, a lot of a lot of these things have to do with if you have land or a house. Highly suggest this. I understand that some people listening may live in apartments and it's just not possible because we live in an apartment. And, for example, one of the things that I said was if you have the space, highly recommend getting chickens. I've seen so many people talk about how easy it is and you get free eggs, which is great, especially with, we all know the price of eggs is like an arm and a leg these days. So if you have the space, I highly recommend doing chickens. But if you don't have a house, that's okay. We don't either. So the next thing is if you have the space, start a garden. Actually, I have a friend who is planting stuff in like little planter boxes, like inside, and he's in an apartment. So it's definitely doable. I think it's a lot harder if you're in an apartment. Okay, next thing is easy for all different types of housing situations. Get into making sourdough. This is extremely good for your gut, especially if you're using organic flour. Uh, I could talk forever about the flour. Highly recommend getting oats flour that is not that is organic because the ones not are sprayed with glyphosate, which is not great and is actually linked to childhood cancer. And I know some people listening to this will argue with me on that uh, and throw articles that disprove me, but you do you. Okay, uh, last thing is making your own kombucha, which again is good for your gut health. If you have good gut, gut health, you know, you have less acne, less PMS problems, you have less bloating, you have a myriad of things that are going to be just healthier. Another thing I did not mention is raw milk. I highly, okay, raw milk and then another one is bee pollen. Bee pollen is really weird. Um, I didn't hear about this until fairly recently, maybe like two months ago. I saw a ton of people buying bee pollen and giving it to their kids and whatnot. Bee pollen is supposed to help with allergies it's also really good for sickness. So one of the really cool things that bee pollen can do and does is it's high in antioxidant content, which actually the antioxidants protect your body against potentially harmful molecules called free radicals. Damage by free radicals is linked to chronic diseases such as cancer and type 2 diabetes. So the bee pollen antioxidants can reduce chronic inflammation, eliminate harmful bacteria, fight infections, 
combat the growth and spread of tumors. Another cool thing is bee pollen boosts your immune system, helping you avoid illnesses and unwanted reactions. For example, research has shown that it reduces the severity and onset of allergies, which is really funny considering a lot of people think bee pollen and hear the word pollen and they think I'm allergic to pollen. I couldn't take that. But here's the thing. It's mixed with bee saliva, which, you know, we're already, a lot of us have honey, uh, daily or weekly or whenever you have honey and that's already a bee product okay let's talk raw milk this conversation has sparked so much controversy and i'm going to talk about it and how i am pro raw milk but that is okay if you are not or if you honestly don't know anything about it that's okay i'm gonna tell you a little bit about it and why you should be pro raw milk. So basically, I'm biased. Okay, so why raw milk was banned. Milk was consumed raw and fresh by many cultures for 10,000 years up until the 20th century. This was safe and safe and healthy as the cows were raised outdoors on pastures and they ate mostly grass, their natural diet. So one thing I do want to point out is that last part, that they were raised outdoors on pastures. Okay, so a lot of people miss this, and in fact, I've gotten some people that will argue with me, and that got very mad. I actually posted something on my Instagram that made somebody mad, and that's okay. They had their own opinions, and I heard them out, Um, but continuing on, as people moved into the cities during the industrial revolution they had to move their cows to the outskirts of the city where there was no grass and the milk became toxic the example is in brooklyn they kept cows in warehouses and would feed them literal trash and the semi-alcoholic byproducts of whiskey distillations 8,000 babies died in one year in New York City from drinking this toxic milk in what is known as the swill milk scandal. So instead of fixing the quality, they started pasteurizing it. By killing the bacteria in the milk, it was no longer made to make people sick, and they could keep feeding the cows the same toxic diet. Hmm. Kind of sounds like what, uh our society does and big pharma which is to feed us junk from the grocery stores and then we go to the doctor sick with all of these weird symptoms and then they prescribe us 10 to 15 different drugs anyway continuing on pasteurization laws are therefore in place to protect consumers from the bad dairy products producers sorry that produce bad dairy products and not to force dairies to make high quality milk but since the invention of refrigeration high quality raw milk can be produced in rural farm land and be shipped into the cities but pasteurization remains the law in most places so raw milk has several benefits over pasteurized milk 
for example, it has bioavailable vitamin A, calcium, phosphorus, and protein, beneficial enzymes, live probiotic bacteria, natural sugars, trace minerals, and much, much more. Somebody did point out the FDA. If you go to the FDA website and look up raw milk, it will say that it is harmful. You will be seriously hurt if you drink raw milk. And again, like I had stated, the reason why we pasteurize now is because of how our cows are treated. So therefore, if a cow is put on a nice farm with good quality food, such as grass, and is treated right, why would it be harmful to drink that milk raw? So, and another thing they also pointed out was the fact that in the FDA article, it states that pasteurization does not, in fact, change any part of the milk, and it's the exact same as raw milk, except it's killing the bad bacteria. But if you think about it, boiling Okay, so I should explain. Pasteurization, actually, it doesn't bring it to a full rolling boil. It brings it just below the boiling point. So it doesn't actually boil. But it gets to a certain point where it kills off bad bacteria. But it also kills off good bacteria. And it's also taking out those bioavailable vitamins that our body needs and uses. So if you go to the grocery store today and you look at a gallon of whole milk, you will see that they have added vitamin D. Well, why? I mean, why do they need to add vitamins back into the milk if pasteurizing it does not affect anything of it? Also, fun fact, actually all of the alternative milks are worse for you than raw milk is. For example, Almond milk, oat milk, all of those milks, except coconut milk is the exception. But all those other milks that you go to the coffee shop and ask for in your lattes, they are all so bad for you. They are actually considered seed oils. And so, again, when I had listed all of those things that you should avoid when looking at your food, seed oils was my number one. And all of those alternative milks are actually seed oils. So, you thinking you're actually being healthier is you not being healthier. A One more thing before I wrap up this episode because I could go on and on about the food industry. But the other thing that I want to say is organic grass-fed beef and also pasture-raised eggs. Okay, so... Organic grass-fed beef is so important, especially if it's, like, sourced locally. It's so important because, like I had mentioned about the cows being fed byproducts of, like, plastic and whatever, think about that. That is going into the cow, and the plastic is going to be, you know, broken up, and its body is going to be trying to do whatever it can with this thing that it's being put into it so after that it's slaughtered and it goes into the grocery store you are eating that that is not what god made cows to eat 
And so therefore, it affects the quality, it affects the taste, it affects everything about the cow. So then when you have a cow that is raised right and is fed what God deemed right for a cow, not only will it taste better, it'll be better for you. See, you know, God did these things on purpose. Obviously, he didn't make the earth plastic and, you know, a landfill for cows to just graze off of. He purposely made them so that they can eat grass. And actually, their diet is not necessarily just grass, and I could go into that, but mainly grass. And so therefore, it's going to affect everything about the cow. And then pasteurized eggs. Did you know that commercial-sized, like, chicken houses where they have chicken warehouses so where they stack the chickens like feather to feather like they're so jam-packed in there it's horrible and then they basically mass produce these eggs and the chickens are not you know allowed to go outside they're stuck in these cages and even like a lot of times you'll go to the store and you'll see like cage free they're still in the warehouses they're just not like stuffed in these cages like they're allowed to like roam but they're still not allowed outside like these animals were meant to be outside and we have created conditions where we just like mass produce things so highly recommend pasture raised and pasture raised is going to be just altogether better and more beneficial beneficial for your body and also tastes better And another thing is local farmer's markets. And a lot of times local farmer's markets can be either cheaper or about the same price as the grocery store. But you're buying from people locally. You're supporting a small business. And honestly, they're going to have way better growing and feeding methods of their animals. And you can actually a lot of times find the organic things cheaper than the grocery store like I think I was buying organic like pasteurized eggs for like four dollars a carton like during the summer it was great and then I think I was getting like grass-fed beef like for a whole week for like eight bucks from a small farm so like highly recommend checking out farmers markets and sometimes even in the winter they have them For those of you who have made it this far through this episode, I applaud you. And I'm going to be talking next time on various different things, but also just the pharmaceutical company and big pharma and various different things, the medication we're taking, what effects those have on our bodies. That'll be probably in the next few weeks that episode will come out. I have a episode where I'm going to be interviewing a lady on foods as well. So she'll talk more about homesteading and more on the food aspect of this topic. I have such a blast making these episodes for you guys and interviewing different women in different stages of life. So what you can do to help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and also share this with your friends and family. This is Elise Feathers and I'll see you next time on Women Hidden the Rough.